Well, once again, through the miracle of technology, we'll be, uh, you'll, you'll see me preaching without a mask on right now. We'll be uh, doing this, this portion separate from our praise and worship, our music. Uh, so we'll be, uh, we'll be exploring the Word of God together. I wanted to let you know why uh, I'm in here by myself and not wearing a mask. It's because of that. We're going to be today in Genesis chapter, chapter 6 and chapter 7. Uh, we'll be reading Genesis 6, 5 through 10, and then chapter 7, 1 through 5. Where we're told this. The Lord saw the wickedness of humankind was great upon the earth, and every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth. It grieved his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth human beings I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Verse now into chapter 7. The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and its mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air also, male and female, keep their kind alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain to the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And every little th living thing I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all the Lord had commanded him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> One of the um, joys of uh, recording this service early uh, as you know, we're now meeting in the sanctuary right now. Actually, if you're watching this at 11 o'clock, uh, we're, we're worshiping in the sanctuary. But we record this service on Thursday just to, just to make sure it's a little bit less hectic on Sunday morning and kind of iron out any kinks that need to be ironed out. But that means we're, we're recording and we're, we're worshiping together as a praise team and a choir and a, me and a, the, Jamie and others. And sometimes we have... Um, some errors. I, I, I've been recording some of our errors. We have some of our errors recorded, and I, I put together a little file called bloopers, which is some of the outtakes and some of the, um, some of the mistakes we've made as we've, as we've recorded. And one of the, the funniest things that we've had since we've been doing this happened last week. Last week, as you know, the sermon is recorded um, apart from the music portion of the service. In fact, we're, the last few weeks, we've been recording these sermons a little early, and then I go and edit them into the live stream. Um, and so we have some, not dead time, but like we'll be going from song to song. And last week, I was uh, at, picking up basically where the sermon ended with the altar call. And if you, if you worship with me for any length of time, you know I love an altar call. I grew up at Johnson Chapel believing that the altar was a very sacred and very holy and very important part of the worship service. So I love every Sunday doing, doing an altar call. Even now during COVID, when you're not worshiping with us in, in person, we still have an altar call. You'll, you're still going to hear an invitation for, to accept Christ. You're still going to have all these parts of, of that to pray, to join. Even now. I love it. But if you're watching online, there's really no way for you to come to the altar. So my language has had to change. So I encourage, if you've noticed this on the online stream, I will say we invite you to pray along with us as we close in song. Something along that is what I'll typically say each Sunday uh, in that line. So along that line of language. So last um, 
Last week we were recording. I, I did that. And um, I said, we invite you to pray along with us. But I didn't mention the hymn. And so I said what I was going to say. And th- then I was waiting on Tim to start singing the song, the final hymn. And Tim was waiting on me to mention the final hymn. So I finished my altar call. And I sat there and waited. And Tim was waiting for me to name the hymn. So he waited. So I was waiting on Tim. And Tim was waiting on me. So we just sat there. And sat there. And sat there. So finally, I looked at him and said something, and he looked at me and said something. We both started laughing, realizing that we both were waiting on the other person to do this. And it's a real funny clip that we have now of us just both just sitting there for like a minute just of silence, just not both waiting on the other person, wondering, why aren't they doing what they're supposed to do? It was, it was pretty funny. Waiting is a very interesting and very um, difficult thing sometimes. Today, we're looking at Noah's story. And there's a lot to look at in Noah's story. If you, once again, as I mentioned every week, if you're getting rooted in Christ, you see a lot of the, the sermon work that I'm doing getting ready for the message. And when you read this, this passage, you see there's a lot going on here. There's so many things we could talk about with Noah. We could talk about when you start reading, you see how chapter 6 just goes on and on and on and on in the language about how sinful things are. The intent of their heart was evil always. It got to where it grieved God. In many ways, the same concept we see in the New Testament. We talked about grieving the Holy Spirit. We see that the evil of humanity was so deep. And it's so interesting that there's only a few generations from Cain and Abel. We see how evil had already spread. We could, we could talk about that. We could talk about the effect of, uh, of, of sin upon all things. That sin has an individual dynamic in nature, but sin affects others. Sin in this, the story of Noah affected all creation. My sin affects you. My sin affects so many things. Sin is never individual. Sin always has effects upon all who are involved with it. We could talk about in this passage about how there's grace. We see in chapter 7, God called, the, God called the seven types of animals, seven pairs. We don't even think about that. We think of the two by two. But we see the importance of seven. And seven, of course, is completeness and perfection in Scripture. And even in judgment, even in this moment, there's grace. God is giving grace even in judgment to Noah and to the, and all of creation. That even this moment of God's harsh judgment, there's grace. Grace always abounds, and grace is always present. We see that Noah found faithfulness to God. That even in this difficult time, Noah was faithful. And God honored that. These are all things we could talk about in Noah's story. Let me tell you what I I thought about this week as I've thought through and prayed through Noah. It was this. God called, told Noah, hey, this is going to happen. Get to work building this ark. This is going to happen. And Noah did it. 
Noah was faithful. Noah did what God called him to do. Noah had this encounter with God. And then he waited. He waited. You know, it's funny. I, I was never taught this, but somehow in my childhood, and I think many of you may have had the same thing. I always had this image in my mind that the people mocked Noah while he was building the ark. As he built it, people made fun of him. I, I, I couldn't find that in any biblical account and read some commentaries. It's difficult to find there as well. But somehow I internalized that, that as Noah worked being faithful to the vision and the call that God gave him, that folks made fun of him. I don't know if that's true or not. It doesn't seem to be any biblical evidence of it. But we do see with Noah that he got this call from God. And then he waited. Then he waited for the rain. It's interesting when you contrast Noah's life with some of the other saints we're going to talk about in the coming days. Abraham, for instance. We're going to talk next week about Abraham's story. But in Abraham, we see, we see Abraham get called by God, and then we see God throughout Abraham's life bring a variety of reminders to Abraham. He would pop up and encourage him or be there with him all throughout Abraham's life. We see that many times. Likewise, we see it with Jacob. We see it with Moses. We see it with so many of the Old Testament saints. God would call them. They would have an encounter with God. Something would happen. And then God throughout the rest of their life would give them reminders or encouragements. Revivals, if you will, almost. But from the text, it doesn't seem as though that's what happens to Noah. It seems with Noah that God called him. God spoke to him. God gave him this mission, gave him detailed plans, gave him all these things. And he worked diligently and faithfully for many long years, worked at this task God had given to him. And he waited. He waited on the rain. He waited on the rain to come. He waited. Waiting is hard. Especially when at times we may feel like we're waiting for nothing. We're waiting when nothing seems to be happening. I think Google has ruined everything for all of us. Because now if I want to know something, I don't have to go to the encyclopedia and look it up or go to the library and break out the library cards. I just Google it. Or honestly, if I don't want to Google it, I just say, hey, Siri, whatever. And Siri tells me. We don't wait anymore, do we? I think that's why COVID's been so difficult for us because we're waiting. And it seems that we're waiting with no end in sight, doesn't it? <laughs> You know, like if we had a, if we had a date, like, hey guys, if you can just wait till X day, okay, we can deal with it. We can get through it that, but it seems as though we're waiting with no end date in sight. And it's frustrating. At least it is for me. It's irritating. It drives me up a wall. It's waiting business. 
And it would be, it would be great if we waited and we had the, 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 the Abraham experience where God would pop up and tell us these things. By the way, that's why we need to be in God's word. Because if we're waiting, we're not reading. We're waiting, we're not praying. We're waiting, we're not serving. Then we're not going to hear from God. And this could get very frustrating. It's frustrating enough whenever you're waiting with nothing. When you're waiting with God showing up. It's even more frustrating if we're not listening to God's word. So we wait. Seeming with no deadline in place. That's what Noah did. I think right now, in this moment of our life, we look at all the saints we're going to study these next few weeks. Noah might be the most relevant to all of us. Because God called him. God gave him a mission. God told him what to do. God said, get to it. And then Noah waited. And waited. And waited. Sometimes without the joyous reminders of Abraham are the impactful encounters of Jacob. He waited and worked and waited and worked and waited and worked. And that can be frustrating. Particularly when we don't feel it. We don't feel the hand of God. Or we don't feel like God's doing anything. Or we don't feel like God's moving upon our schedule. Sometimes it feels like we're praying and our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, aren't they? They fall back in our lap. And we even wonder, is God listening? Or is God paying attention? Or are we out here just working and waiting by ourselves? I think if you were to ask most Christians, and probably most Christians, what person was the most emblematic or symbolic of a Christian life in the last century, there'd be a lot of names mentioned. C.S. Lewis. I would mention C.S. Lewis. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't, but I would. Um, so many others. But at, at most any of our list, Mother Teresa's going to be up there in any of our lists in some fashion. If you read about her life, something interesting happened to her. She was a, 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 she was a, um, a tutor for a wealthy family in Calcutta. And one day on the train, she had this divine experience with God. We called her to leave behind the wealth and the privilege she was living in and to go and minister to the poorest and the sickest and the most in need there in Calcutta. And she felt this powerful call from God 
to do it. She experienced God powerfully in that moment. One of those life-changing, life-shattering moments. And so she did it. She felt God's call and she did it. She left and did this. Spent the rest of her life serving the poorest of the poor, the sickest of the sick, the weakest of the weak. When we think of somebody who's a saint, we think of Mother Teresa, don't we? But it's interesting if you read her journals that she had that, divi- she had that divine encounter with God. And for much of the rest of her life, she wondered if God was present. Was God there? She was serving. She was faithful. But she didn't really feel God's presence. She wasn't serving God because serving God gave her warm fuzzies. She wasn't serving God out of some great self-gratification. She was serving God because God called her to it. And she was working. And she was waiting on the rain. It hadn't come yet. She was working hard for her Lord. But she was waiting and waiting and waiting. She served not out of emotion, but out of obedience. That's what Noah did. He served not out of emotion, but out of obedience. C.S. Lewis once said, the prayer the devil fears the most is the prayer we pray when we do not feel like praying. When we serve out of obedience, then we're being truly faithful. Now, here's the thing. When we serve out of obedience, when we're serving out of our commitment, God moves. And we experience God. We feel his presence. We feel his spirit. This is not saying that God will not move in our life. Not at all. Not saying that at all. Not saying that we won't experience God. But our goal is always the obedience to the call that God has on us. And in that obedience, we will experience God. But sometimes, y'all, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes God calls us. And we work. And we wait. And we don't feel it. We don't feel it. We may feel the fear or the worry or the doubt but we may not feel it. We may be in the valley. But you know what? God is still God then too. God is God when we wait. God is God when we don't feel like it. God is still God when we're waiting on the rain. God is still God whenever we're obeying and we don't feel it. God is still God when our, when our friends laugh at us. God is still God when our friends judge us. God is still God when we feel like an outcast. God is still God when we just don't feel it. The prayer the devil fears the most 
It's the prayer we pray when we do not feel like praying. One of my favorite saints of old is Julia of Norwich. Julia was a Christian mystic in the hills of England. And she had these amazing encounters with Christ where Jesus would appear to her in powerful visions. She had the the great quote, all things will be well, all manner of things will be well. You should read. If you've never read Julia of Norwich, you should read her stuff. It's, It's powerful. But somebody asked her one day about how she encountered, you know, what happened for her to encounter these, had these great encounters, these visions of Christ. And she said, my goal is to be faithful. If, the, if Christ comes and blesses me with this vision, then praise him for it. But the goal is never the experience. The goal is to be faithful. Friends, if you're serving now and you don't feel it, keep being faithful. Friends, if you're working for the kingdom right now and you don't feel it, keep being faithful. If you're waiting on the rain and it's not come yet, keep being faithful. Because God is faithful and true to you. And he will be there for you. He has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. And even if you are in the valley now, God has not left you. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Today, friends, if you're waiting on the rain, God's not forgotten you. If you're waiting and you feel alone, God's not forgotten you. If you don't feel his presence, he's not forgotten you. If you're in the valley, he's not forgotten you. If you feel like you're a failure, he's not forgotten you. Keep being faithful. Noah was faithful even while he waited. By God's grace, may today, today, may you and I be faithful. No matter where we find ourselves, no matter what we're waiting on, may we be faithful. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Noah and his faith. God, we thank you for his example. As we wait, God, may we feel your love. May we feel your power. May we feel your love and mercy today. Give us your grace, even as we wait. Amen.